Hi there, I'm Nicole Gilbert, and you've joined the Stop Scrolling, Start Sewing podcast. Are you new to sewing and want to start quilting but have no idea where to begin? Each Wednesday, join me as I share the ins and outs of that quilt life. If you don't have a sewing machine, have no idea how much fabric you need, or you're just trying to figure out where the heck to stick that bobbin, this is the podcast for you. Welcome to episode 40 of the Stop Scrolling, Start Sewing podcast. Nicole here, and I am so excited that you are sharing a bit of your time with me. One of my quilty goals this year was to learn and hopefully master a new quilting technique. And so I kind of went through all of the things, seeing kind of what I was interested in doing next, and I decided to focus on English paper piecing. Um, And I know that I have gotten a lot of questions from uh, my followers over on Instagram who are newer to the quilt world and think English paper piecing looks really cool, but they've got lots of questions. So that's what this episode is about. It's about answering those questions for you guys. But first, let me do a quick little reminder. Uh, Enrollment is open for the Modern Quilters Academy for a limited time. Have you been wanting to learn to quilt but aren't quite sure where to begin? Or maybe you've tried and quit because you just kept getting stuck? Join the Modern Quilters Academy to learn my tried and true methods that will result in you making the first of many, many beautiful quilts while learning more than just how to sew a straight line. If you want to learn more, please visit themodernquilterscircle.com slash MQA enroll. Okay, guys, let's get sewing. So what the heck is EPP? So that is how it is referred to in the biz. Those in the know, we refer to it as EPP. It's English paper piecing. Uh, English paper piecing is the process of using paper shapes as foundation for your fabric and then sewing the pieces together while the paper is still attached to the back. I don't know a better way to describe it. I feel like that told us nothing. So I am going to break down all of the steps. You can head over to my Instagram at Nicole Gilbert Quilts and you can see my EPP journey because I've been sharing kind of all of the things as I've been going. Um, I am currently working on a Tula Nova uh, because it was recommended to me by someone I know over at paperpieces.com. They said um, that it's kind of the perfect beginner project. It makes you work with several different shapes. So you get kind of familiar with the different shapes. They're a good size. Nothing is too small because smaller is harder uh, for precision, for you know holding it in your hands, for stitch size, everything is harder when it's smaller. So uh, it's got really good shapes and sizes. And then it's a really good finish size. It's big enough to make you feel like you did something, but not so big that you are going to get lost and overwhelmed um, 
with the project. So I am working on a Tula Nova. You can get the complete kit. Um, uh, I believe you can get it at paperpieces.com. You can also get it um, on Etsy. A lot of quilt shops have online retail shops through Etsy and they sell them on there. Uh, and you... I'm getting ahead of myself. I will explain everything as I move forward. You know me. I get excited and I start rambling. Okay. So first, let's talk about uh, like the materials you're going to need for English paper piecing. So there's the obvious. You're going to need fabric. I have found that there's two types of fabric and there's two types of people who do English paper piecing. There's the kind who use solids and kind of all over non-specific prints in their English paper piecing and they are beautiful and gorgeous and I'm about it. Um, and then there are the fussy cutters. And so if you're not familiar with fussy cutting, it is the process of cutting out your fabric very intentionally on the print so that a specific design element in the print of the fabric is centered on your piece. It's like the best way that I can describe it. And I say centered on the piece, but it also can be like aligned on the edge so that that way when you put the next piece next to it, you kind of like complete the image or change the image in some cool new kaleidoscopy way. Um, Fussy cutting is huge in English paper piecing, and I am here for it. I know I just said I was here for the prints and the all over prints and the solids. I'm also here for the fussy cutting. And so I've done kind of a mix of the two in my project, uh, depending on the fabric that I'm using. Uh, and so there is some fussy cut and there is some uh, just kind of generic print uh, cutting as well. So you'll need fabric. And so also you'll see a lot of people love uh, designers like Kate Facet, like Tula Pink, like Anna Marina Horner, uh, because they tend to have really cool prints and imagery, like kind of crazy stuff. But it gives you a lot of options for fussy cutting. So, uh, keep that in mind. Um, a basic, uh, ditzy print. So like teeny tiny little flowers and stuff, that's not going to work for fussy cutting. Um, but you know, the squirrels from the chipper, uh, fabric of tulip pink really flipping cool in fussy cutting. So you kind of want to keep that in mind. Um, you are going to need paper pieces and you are going to, and perhaps you will need templates. So paper pieces are a must, and you can go about that in three different ways. You can purchase all the paper pieces you'll need for a given project directly from a quilt shop. Uh, you can get those at paperpieces.com. You can get those on Etsy. You can get them at places like the Fat Quarter Shop. And they're like actual baggies of hundreds of little paper pieces that you will use. Another thing that you can do is to hand cut your paper pieces. 
So you would need to either use templates like acrylic templates that are the finished size that you want to trace around and then hand cut them with either a mini rotary cutter or scissors. Um, you should definitely use like white or beige cardstock or manila folders when you're making your own um, paper pieces, mostly because you want to make sure that colors don't bleed. Um, I've heard several stories where people were using like turquoise file folders uh, to do it and the blue of it once they started having it in their hands and the oils from their hands uh, created a bleed onto the fabric and so then the fabric was all messed up so keep that in mind another way to get your piece per pieces is to use your Cricut or silhouette that awesome little shapes button on uh, Cricut design space or design studio I forget what it's called um I've made many paper pieces that way and it's super awesome and I love it quite a bit. So you could do that as well. Um, so that's the paper pieces. So we've got fabric and we've got the paper pieces. Now you also could potentially use acrylic templates. Um, it really depends on you. So if you are going to, you can Cut out your fabric by taking your paper piece, placing it on the fabric where you want it, and then cutting around the template, leaving somewhere between a quarter inch and three eighths inch of extra all the way around to create your seam allowance, and then cut it out. And so then you don't need templates because you're using your paper pieces. I like acrylic templates uh, mostly because acrylic templates for paper piecing are transparent. And so you can see exactly what you're putting in each piece. And then you could actually use them like an acrylic ruler. And so use like a mini rotary cutter and cut the fabric right out like that, which is definitely my preferred way to do it. Um, and for those, it's the same as the paper pieces. If you're going to buy them, you can buy them, um, at paperpieces.com. You can buy them, um, on Etsy. You can buy them at Fat Quarter Shop. And so you could actually, uh, let's say you wanted to make, uh, the Tula Nova. Uh, it is designed by Tula Pink. You can go to your local quilt shop if they carry those things. Uh, you can go to paperpieces.com. You can go to fatquartershop.com. You can order it in like various things. So you can order just the pattern. You can order the just the paper pieces. You can order just the templates, the acrylic templates, or you can or order like kind of any combination. Um, I actually bought like a complete kit. So when I bought it, it came in like a little acrylic box and there was all of my acrylic templates. There was the pattern for the actual quilts. And then there was all of the paper pieces that went with it. Um, and I've even seen it fully kitted out where some studios uh, or quilt shops actually include the fabric as well. So the kind of the sky's the limit of how you want to do it. I can see where at first I was like, well, who would get it without the templates? Because I love using the acrylic templates. 
but there are certain standardized sizes. So at a certain point, I'm going to collect enough of these acrylic rulers that I'm not going to need to buy a set for a specific quilt if I have all of the right size pieces already. I'll just have to kind of pull from various quilt patterns. Uh, so that's that. So we've got paper pieces, we've got fabric, we've got the acrylic templates, and now it'll be your basting method that we'll have to think about. Um, and we'll break down the two different basting methods, but you'll either want a uh, fabric glue pen or needle and thread. You're going to need needle and thread anyway because you'll need needle and thread to sew your pieces together, um, but you will also potentially need a glue stick. So now you've kind of got all of your pieces together and it's time to prep your fabric. And like I said, you can either use the paper pieces or you can use the acrylic templates. And what you would do if you use the paper pieces, put it where you want it, leave a quarter inch to three eighths inch seam allowance all the way around, draw it out and then cut it out. And you can cut that out with scissors or with a mini rotary cutter. If you're using the acrylic template, you can go ahead and the template includes the seam allowance. You could go ahead and put the template where you want it and then use a mini rotary cutter to cut around it, or you could trace around it and then cut it out. Uh, so those are both options for you. I personally use the acrylic templates and a mini rotary cutter, and I actually have a little uh, rotating cutting mat which is by Sue Daly. Uh, it's pink, it's circular, it's like maybe 12 inches in diameter, and it's kind of perfect for doing that. Uh, and it's it's definitely not a need to have, but it is for sure a nice to have. Um, okay, and so we've prepped the fabric, um, and now it's time to baste. So basting, is a lot of times you'll think of basting with quilting and you're talking about uh, basting together your quilt sandwich using those nice long stitches to keep the layers of your quilts in place while you do your quilting. It's very similar, but now we're talking about keeping the fabric attached to your paper pieces. And there's two methods. One, you can thread baste. So what you would do is you would fold in the side of the fabric over the, pa the paper, you would take your thread and needle and punch your needle through both the fabric and the paper and create nice long thread uh, based seams. Uh, and so you're gonna, and then you would do that all the way around. Now you don't wanna knot the end of the thread. You can knot the start of the thread just to keep it from pulling out on you as you're basting, but you don't wanna knot both ends because you want to easily be able to remove that thread once it comes time to remove the paper. Um, and then the other way that you can baste is to glue baste. And this is one of those cheats that I am so here for. There are people out there who would never glue based and there are people out there who will never thread based. I will never thread based. I like the glue based. Um, you can use Elmer's glue sticks. In fact, when I first started, I kind of got like, um, you know, when you just get like 
you get the the itch to start. Um, once I decided to do English paper piecing, I just wanted to start. Um, and I looked up and it said that you can use Elmer glue stick. And I've got plenty of those. I've got a, a, a six-year-old. I for sure have glue sticks. So I was using that. And it works and it's great. However, I ordered a uh, glue stick that is specifically made for English paper piecing. Uh, it's by Soline, S-E-W-L-I-N-E. Um, and I will have links to all of this stuff in the show notes, so don't worry. Um, but it's a sew line, and it's amazing. So one, the glue stick I was using, the Elmer's one, was big fat one, which drove me bananas because it created like a cramp in my fingers. Um, and the sew line is more like a pen, which is really nice. And I found that the glue is not as rigid. So that is also nice. Um, but you will go through glue stick refills like you would not believe. So buy as many as you think you'll need and then probably add two to four more. Just saying. Um, but that's glue basting. Now, once all of your templates are glued together, you'll are, are basted together, you will have all of these beautiful fabric-covered paper pieces and you will arrange them the way that the pattern dictates, and you will start to sew them together. And you are going to first have to think of a way to hold your two pieces together, aligning the, the stick, the, the edge that you want the seam to be on. And when I first started, I was holding it with my hands, and I found that I was getting a lot of pain in my hands a lot of pain. I was getting a shooting pain in my thumb and in my wrist. And like, can we just discuss how pathetic a statement it is to say that I have a physical injury um, in my 30s from hand sewing? Like I can't, my husband was dying laughing. Um, and so I started to look around and see what other people were doing. The first and most prevalent thought thing I saw were people were using wonder clips, those little translucent plastic clips that you can use to like hold on bindings and whatnot. Um, and so I got some. And I was like, well, not that I got some, but I used them because I have a ton of them. Um, and so I started using those and they're great. They do the job. However, I was using quite a few wonder clips kind of all the way around the template because if you only put one on one side, the other side gets a little loosey-goosey on you and your alignment can get kind of off. And at first I was doing that and I was finding that while my pain was lessened in my thumb, I was still creating those tension issues. So I used more and everything was, was good as far as my hand and my sewing techniques. However, what I did notice was that when I was sewing my pieces together, you use a whip stitch. Um, and what was happening was that circular motion was getting my thread wrapped around the wonder clip because it sticks out to the sides. Um, and it was a pain in the butt. Um, it created like a nappiness to my thread, which then made my thread more likely to not. Um, and it was just not fun said it. Uh, and that's when I discovered sew tights, S-E-W-T-I-T-E-S. Ermager, 
They're amazing, guys. So they're like these super, super, super strong magnets that come in different sizes and shapes. Uh, they even have some special edition ones. Um, I am a Tula Pink person. You guys know I talk about Tula Pink all the time. Uh, and she has a line in so tights and hers are like little hot pink hearts and those are the ones that I have because I just can't help myself um and they're perfect because they go right in the center of the template so we don't have to worry about the thread wrapping itself around it the magnetism on these is so tight like like I know it's so it's ridiculous what I just said the so tights are so tight but they are they're so tight that um, it can be a little bit difficult to open the magnet to begin with, not going to lie. Um, but they're amazing. Your fabric does not go anywhere. And they're a really nice weight in your hand, so you don't feel like you're going to lose it. They don't feel floppy, because I think that that was kind of the reason with the Wonder Clips, too, where I was still having some tension issues with my hand. Um, be it, it still, even though they were holding it in place, I still felt like it was loosey-goosey, even though it wasn't. And so I was still putting strain and pressure in my hands. Um, and now the sew tights totally have taken that out. So I use sew tights. Um, so you'll sew them together. Uh, you'll sew using a whip stitch. And if you're not familiar with what a whip stitch is, it's just uh, in, pull, you know, stab straight in, pull straight out, bring it up and around and pierce back again next to the first piercing you did. So you're always going to enter the fabric on the same side. Uh, no back and forth, just entering the fabric at the same time. And it's going to be like little loops. Um, and once a piece has all of its sides stitched, then you can remove the paper piece. Uh, with the Tula Nova, with the um, videos I've been watching, uh, it actually suggests just keeping all the paper pieces in until you're, you know, at the last stage of the quilt and then removing all of the paper pieces, which is what I'm going to do because the paper really does add stability, especially with all of these wonky shapes. Um, and again, this is kind of one of those things where if you buy the paper pieces kits, you have enough paper pieces to have everything be backed all the way to the end. Where if you're making your own paper pieces, it can be time saving to make only as many as you need to get to the point where you can then start removing some of the backs and then baste some more and add some more. And so then it could be more of a cycle like in and out and you're reusing the items. You can reuse your paper pieces um, pretty much until you can't. They're by no means will last a lifetime. However, they should last you more than one use. Um, now, a lot of the big thing with English paper piecing, why people love it so much is that you can do really wonky, weird shapes with English paper piecing that would be a little bit of a pain in the tuckus to do on your sewing machine, mostly because you would get a lot of Y seams and some kind of awkwardness. I mean, you can do a Y seam on a, on a sewing machine. 
it's just not that fun. Or at least as far as I'm concerned, it's not fun. I'm sure there's somebody out there who is like, oh my gosh, why seams are my jam? And that's awesome. Just not my jam. So there's that. Um, and so the reason why I went down that little mini rabbit hole is that typically when you're done with a quilt, it's a perfect square or rectangle. Turns out when you're English paper piecing, it's a crazy jagged whatever, what have you. You can have like an overall shape that's overall rectangular, but you're still going to have like a bunch of little jaggy little points and stuff hanging out. And so you can go about this two ways. With something like, um, I, I always mess up if she's Lilabelle or Lilabelle. She's probably Lilabelle, but she's an amazing English paper piecing piecer. And she has a uh, quilt, a Prudence quilt. And it overall finishes as a rectangle. However, it's like the edges are, are not straight. And so I've seen people cut, straight line cut those exterior pieces so that it is a clean rectangle or which is what I'm going to be doing with my Tula Nova because a Tula Nova actually finishes as a circle um I'm going to applique it to a larger piece of fabric then remove the and opening in the back and remove the paper pieces through it, which is crazy and something I haven't done before. So like I said, if you follow me on Instagram, you can watch my progress. I'm still piecing together the Nova itself. Um, so you can see a lot of that, that portion of the process right now, but eventually I will get there and you will see it. Um, so go ahead and follow me over there. And I really do think the biggest thing with English paper piecing is that practice makes perfect. Um, you want to be able to get your whip stitch super tight and tiny. And so you cannot see your stitches from the front. And that does not happen overnight. But you will get better and better and better. And practice makes perfect. Okay, guys, you have just finished another episode of the Stop Scrolling, Start Sewing podcast. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. To catch up on today's episode and all past episodes, head over to themodernquiltercircle.com slash podcast. Make sure you never miss an episode by hitting subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Now stop scrolling and start sewing. <laughs>